Welcome to Become a Calm Mama. This is Darlene Childress, and I'm your host and your parenting coach and sometimes your life coach. (laughs) And today I am going to be your puberty coach. Funny enough, I'm going to talk about puberty and I'm going to do my the best thing, the best job I can at giving you an overview of what to expect. If you have, you know, like a, you know, a 10 or 9, 10 year old, this might be really helpful to, you know, think about what's coming. Or if you have, you know, a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old, this will really help you um, understand what is currently happening for you and your kids. So puberty, what is that? Puberty is the name that we give to the things that happen inside the body during adolescence. So it's really describing the hormone-driven changes that happen to the body right before and during adolescence. So it's really this time period where you have a children's body, a child's body, and you are it is growing and changing and maturing pretty rapidly, actually, and into an adult body. So I'm going to go through and kind of really talk it out, tell you what to expect during puberty. And we're going to talk about the body. (laughs) Like I'm going to actually use words like testes and sex hormones and menstruation and things like that. So if that kind of stuff makes you uncomfortable, this might not be the episode for you. You can just read the show notes or see the links, you know, to different articles if you'd rather read about it. But I'm going to just try to talk to you about it as factually as I can and hopefully give you some language that you can use for when you talk to your kids about it. So what happens and when does it happen? So the changes during puberty, they are physical changes and they happen because of the hormone changes. And as the hormones shift inside the body, we see changes physically and then those physical changes inside of your body show up as social and emotional changes as well. So puberty, what it starts when the child's brain releases the sex hormones. For girls, that those sex hormones are released in the ovaries and that happens around 10 or 11, but it can be a big range. It can happen anywhere between ages 8 to 13. And then for boys, it's, you know, in the testes when that testosterone is starting to be produced and that can happen around 11 to 13, but can range from anywhere to 9 to 14. So how long does puberty last? It can last a really long time or it can go by really quickly. Everybody is sort of different in their developmental, you know, there's the process And so we don't want to judge it like it could take your kid could go through puberty from 11 to 16 or it could be really fast from like 11 and a half to 13. And, you know, it just was it is what it is. It's whatever is going to go on in their biology. Some telltale signs that your child is in puberty for boys and girls is and I'm using, you know, gender here, like assigned at birth to describe, you know, the physical body of boy, physical body of girl, not a gender expression. So we're just really talking about the biology. So what does that look like for both genders? It's oily skin. You might see acne, you might not, but the skin starts to produce a lot more oil. We see oily hair a lot of times in puberty. That's kind of a sign. Uh, increased perspiration and body odor. You can kind of tell that 
you know, some boys are going through puberty or some girls are going through puberty because they have, they smell pretty bad. So, um, a tip just like an aside is that I always just kept deodorant in my car for after school when my son, uh, was going through puberty, my older one. And I would just say, Hey, I'm happy to drive you home once you put your deodorant on. So he'd get in the car and he would put his deodorant on. If there were a bunch of kids in the car, I'd often have to drive with the windows down. Um, we definitely don't want to make them feel self-conscious about the smell or make a thing about it, but it is important to start working on hygiene at this point in time. And then of course we might see a big growth spurt. So right, um, you know, right around that time that they're growing, you're going to start to see them getting taller. And what I've noticed is that a lot of times kids will put on weight right before they go through these big growth spurts and it can start to make us feel concerned and, you know, that they're overeating or that something has gone wrong. But really, it's almost like they need to like pad that body with some extra, you know, fat and and skin and whatever and muscles and all of that so that it can grow taller because, you know, we see big growth spurts in puberty. I'm actually going to spend time now kind of going through how each gender, like I said, this is like your gender assigned at birth, kind of like what, not even a sign, like what your biology is. So I'm going to walk through how that looks for both boys and girls. So let me jump into girls first. So we, like I said, you know, we have got the oily skin, the oily hair, the perspiration, body odor, all common for every gender. But then for girls, of course, we're going to start to see breast development and possible tenderness in their breasts. And the way that puberty progresses for girls is they'll develop little buds on their breasts. And that's sort of the beginning of puberty that we can see the external sign. And then two, around two years later, that's when their cycle starts. So for some girls, they may have those little buds at eight or nine or 10 or even 11. It can be really all the way up to 13. And then you can expect them to start their cycle two years later. So if you have a 10-year-old, you know, that has had little buds for a while, their period might be coming. And then we also see uh, growth of pubic hair and underarm hair and then changes in the figure possibly and widening of the hips a little bit. And like I said, uh, the start of menstruation. So in the beginning, once the girls start their cycle, they their, their periods are pretty irregular at first. And then of course, you know, they have discomfort like headaches and stomach cramps and all of that. And you can just treat that like you do for yourself. And then for boys, um, they their penis grows and their testicles grow. And sometimes the growth of the testicles is uneven and that's nothing to worry about. They also grow pubic hair and underarm hair and sometimes facial hair. Facial hair takes a bit of time um, as as puberty progresses, then you are going to start to see more facial hair. Now, in that, when the penis and the testicles are, are growing, you're also producing testosterone. So like for the girls, in order to create menstruation, their hormones are progesterone and estrogen. And so once that kind of gets activated in their ovaries, they are, you know, starting their cycle. And now for boys, then that's going to be testosterone that is, uh, allows the testicle to produce sperm. And so then that's when you start to maybe see 
ejaculations. And then for boys, the larynx or the voice box will start to deepen. And in that process, the voice is breaking. So voice variations are normal, but they do like settle over time. Those are all really like typical things you probably know. Obviously, you've gone through, um, you know, you've gone through puberty yourself and your partner has. And so, you know, you it's like those are almost almost anecdotal. You can just see what happens to the body as it goes through puberty. So I want to talk a little bit and go into depth more on the hormonal changes that happen in the brain and in the stress response. So in this program, like in Become a Calm Mama and all of my programs, I talk a lot about your nervous system, your stress response, your ability to regulate your emotions in the emotionally healthy kids class, the emotionally healthy middle schooler, emotionally healthy teen. I am really teaching you all about stress management and how to, you know, understanding your brain, understanding what happens to your brain, and then what to do when you are in a stress response, how to move through that. So it's like a big part of my program. And what I want to, what I find really interesting is that one of the reasons that having a middle schooler or a high schooler is so challenging is because of these changes that are going on in their brain structure. structure. So the two main things that are happening during adolescence and puberty is you have your the hormones that we just, you know, I, I talked about how they, how they show up in the body, but that hormone change is... In, and those new hormones coming into the uh, circular, the, the regulation system in the brain and the body is actually disrupts a lot of the ways that the brain processes stress. So I'm going to go deep into that. And the other way that the, the changes that happen in the brain during adolescence that make it hard for us are what we call pruning. So I'm going to do an episode on that for next week. Um, So that way this, you guys have a real understanding of what is going on in the, your kid's brain and the structure and neurology of it. And then you can see the behaviors that are happening and it'll help you understand sort of why and give you a little more compassion. That's my hope. So I'm going to remind you of what the, like the stress response is, and then talk about what's different in puberty. So When you have either a physical or psychological stressor in your life, like children are a stressor, um, a car accident is a stressor, getting, you know, a really huge electric bill is a stressor. So we have these experiences of stress, right? And when that happens, our body has these systems, these hormone systems that get activated to help us cope. And the first is like the fight, flight, reaction, and that's our sympathetic nervous system. It's really the rapid action of what's going on in order to create that immediate response, that immediate stress response. So that's like your epinephrine and your norepinephrine, really this like, you know, big uh, adrenal, uh, adrenaline push, right? That happens immediately. That's one part of our nervous system. And then the second is a little bit slower and a little more regulated hormone response. And that is, 
is guided by our limbic center and the parts of the brain are the like hypothalamus, the pituitary and the adrenal glands. And they all work together to create a, a way to respond to this stress response and then to calm our body back down from the stress response. So what happens is the stimulation comes in, you know, the amygdala takes, you know, takes in that information and it says, you know, uh-oh, uh-oh, and it starts to activate this, the hypothalamus, you know, pumps up some hormones to send signals to the pituitary gland, which sends, uh, sends signals to your adrenal system. And then that cortisol gets produced and the dopamine and the adrenaline and all of those things get produced in the adrenal glands so that you can respond. It gives you that energy boost and, you know, gives you that ability to protect yourself and all of that, right? So that's really valuable and important. And obviously, if we have too much cortisol or our body doesn't respond, you know, we don't move through our stress response fast, then that cortisol gets stuck and we get into a heightened stress state. What's cool, by the way, is that the it's like a feedback loop. So the brain says, help, help, and then it sends this message and then the adrenals create all of this um you know, these, these hormones and produce them in our bodies. And then we respond with our body. And then there's a feedback loop that sends a signal right back to the brain that says, okay, we can calm down. Cortisol no longer needed. Thank you so much. You know, shut it down. And then the hypothalamus and a, and a pituitary gland stop producing, you know, stop sending those signals to produce the cortisol. So it's like a big feedback loop. Your it's a system inside the body, right? So we, we need our brain to tell us to, you know, to tell us what we need to produce in our body. Our body produces those hormones and then we use them up and we send them back to the brain and the brain stops. Normal response. Now, what happens in, in puberty is that that system that is supposed to respond to stress is also the system that is responsible for creating all of the sex hormones. Sometimes they're called steroid hormones. A lot of times they're just called sex hormones. And they are the, the ones that create sex, sexual characteristics, like our bodies um, create, you know, the, all the things we talked about with puberty, the testosterone for man, um, girls also get testosterone, and then the estrogen and progesterone, all that is created through the same stress, but stress system, <laughs> which doesn't seem like the smartest way of, you know, human development, but it is, they all kind of put, get together. So your child is working hard, you know, zero to 10 ish to manage their stress and their cortisol and they get pumped up and they have to process that cortisol. And it's a, it's a very immature system because they're young and, then we take this very immature system and we add a whole bunch of new hormones to the same stress response system and we you know we flood it with like testosterone like for example the production of testosterone increases 10 times in adolescent boys like a lot more gets created during this pubescent time. And then for girls, of course, you, you know, you didn't have to activate estrogen or progesterone or any of those things because you weren't creating a menstruation cycle. 
So we have this influx of these new hormones and the limbic system, the, the part of the system that is responsible for the stress response is now responsible for the sexual response. So the thing that's responsible for mood is becoming really activated and, and flooded and overworked during puberty. So I really want you to think about that the adolescent brain, it has all the stress hormones, the sex hormones, the growth hormones, all being managed for the first time in one system inside the body. And that means that it needs to learn, the brain and body need to learn how to regulate those new hormones. And it takes a while. So remember I said that, you know, when a normal stressor happens to a, to a person, the brain says, help, help, send cortisol, right? And then send adrenaline, right? Says, ah, and then it goes into the adrenals and they pump it all up and we have a stress response, you know, we, we get activated. And then once we don't need it anymore, the uh, adrenals send the system back and they say, okay, everything's all right. And the brain's like, okay, we'll stop, you know, telling you to produce it. So it's a feedback loop. Now, because so much is going on during puberty and during adolescence, that sometimes that feedback loop takes 45 to 60 minutes longer in adolescence than it does in adults. So think about a stressful situation when you're a middle schooler or high schooler. Your friend looks at you weird or your brother, you know, or your sister took your shirt or like this happened to my teenager, you, you wanted to wear some clothes and they were in the washing machine, you know? So something happens in your environment and your stress response is activated. It's like proof, right? We all have that. We flip our lid, mad mom syndrome, whatever's happening. But puberty hormones are linked to all those other stress hormones. So they're already in an active state of, you know, working hard. Their stress response is constantly working hard to figure out what to do with all these new uh, hormones. And so it takes a lot longer for that system to calm itself, for that feedback loop to work. And so your kids, your, your, your middle schoolers and your high schoolers, they are actually more stressed than a non-pubescent person. They don't have more stressors in their life necessarily. And some of their stressors don't seem like that big of a deal to us. But the truth is that that is what they are experiences, experiencing is a heightened stress response and then an overactive stress response and then a stress response that stays active for too long. So they are struggling. They're struggling. They're ha- that's why they are so irritable. That's why their mood is unpredictable. That's why it feels like like a roller coaster, right? That's why they're emotionally volatile. They don't seem like themselves. They're getting these these surges of new hormones and their body is like, ah, we don't know what to do. So in this process of puberty, your child who is now an adolescent, a, a tween or a teen is definitely 
struggling is definitely their biology is working harder than it's had to work for a really long time. Maybe since they were really like, you know, newborns or toddlers. The, the massive changes to their stress response are affecting their mood and their perception and their behavior. So I'm going to give you just a few tips on how to navigate this time. And of course, these are just tips, you know, on a podcast. If you take my emotionally healthy middle schooler or emotionally healthy teen class, I go way deeper into these tips, right? And we, you learn the skills of parenting this way and how to get to these places. But I thought it'd be helpful just in this episode to talk about what, you know, What's okay, you know what's going on, you know what to expect, you know how to look for puberty, you know kind of the <clears throat> biology of it, of like what's happening, and then how it shows up, right? Moodiness, irritability, extreme behavior, all of those things. So what are you supposed to do? The first thing I want to say is just, you know, don't take things personally. The behavior that you're seeing it's not really about you. It's really about your kid and what what they're going through internally. And yeah, you're kind of a dumping ground and you can set boundaries about that for sure. But this isn't the time to like, oh, you're going to talk to me like that? I'm not. I'm just going to ignore you, right? This isn't the time to shut them out or shut them down. It really is the time to sort of lean in and get real curious. Um, asking, you know, hey, are you, are you struggling with anything? And that leads me to my next tip, which is being willing to listen without giving advice or being critical. So when you see misbehavior and off-track behavior, you're going to want to like, hey, hey, calm down, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. Don't talk like that. You know, that's, you know, you can't say that around here. You know, we kind of go into a little bit of a lecture teachable situation, but really if you want to create a safe place between you and your teen and your middle schooler is that you need to let them just dump some of that junk. Don't take it personally and don't try to fix it, change it, stop it, solve it in that moment. Of course, I want you to stay committed to your limits and boundaries. This is a period of time that's confusing. It's confusing to know what you're supposed to parent, like where are you supposed to put boundaries and where are you not? Like, can they just say, I hate you and run to their room and slam the door? Do I, am I supposed to be caring about grades right now? Like all of that can be really confusing, but you do have an instinct for what your limits and boundaries are. And I want you to stay committed to them. This is not the time to like take your, in middle school, particularly not to take your foot, your hands off the wheel. You're still in charge as the family and of the family, even though the earlier your kids are going to act like they hate <laughs> your rules and they're going to say, you're so strict and no other, no other parent acts like this and you're ridiculous. They're going to say all that. But deep down, they really know that they're not grownups and they know that they don't want to be in charge. So when they are, you know, having all of these big feelings, I want you to recognize it's not about you. I want you to be able to listen, be open. Sometimes I think of it as like being an empty page on a journal and just letting them dump some thoughts, staying firm in your boundaries, and then not making anything that they say or do be predictive of the future. They are going through a transition. We don't look at a toddler and think, oh my gosh, you're hitting or biting. 
you know, you're going to be a biting, you're going to be 30 and still biting people. Like deep down, you know that you don't think that. That would be really weird if there was like a 30 year old who bit people. <laughs> they would have other issues, right? So looking at your, your middle schooler, your pubescent kid, really avoid thinking, oh my God, this is who they are now. They're so ragey. They're such a, they're such a bitch. He's such an asshole. Like this is not a crisis of character. It's a developmental stage. So just being really comfortable knowing that they're going to, to change. They're going to grow up. So that is, you know, when you see these big feeling cycles in, in adolescence and you see this like rage or emotional volatility or crying or just all this like chaos and you're like, oh my God, what happened? Like a minute ago, they were fine. I, I just want you to see that their stress response is more sensitive to input than yours. Yours is regulated, supposedly, right? Because we're grownups. But you're not flooded with a whole bunch of new hormones. Your body has gone through puberty a long time ago and it is no longer trying to figure out what to do with estrogen, right? It knows now what to do. You've, you've trained it. Your brain and body have developed a system and then you have your cycle, right? But that took your brain and body a while and in the middle of that, your body was going through stress. The same with, with the testosterone. The body is producing all this testosterone and it doesn't know what to do with it yet. It doesn't know how to cycle that. It's not creating that much sperm with it all. So it doesn't even know what to do. So we want to allow the time that your kid needs to go through puberty and recognize this is a stressful time for them, which of course is going to mean a stressful time for you. That means you're going to need to be really careful with your own stress and, and decrease it as much as possible so that you can be present for your kid during this process. So that's my, my best attempt <laughs> at teaching you about puberty and talking about what happens in puberty. But mostly I want your takeaway to be that during puberty, your child is under stress. This is a stressful time. And hopefully you can grow in some compassion and grace and understanding and show up with a little bit more um, tolerance of that emotional shitstorm. <laughs> okay, if you want help with this, as you know, I am um, teaching the Emotionally Healthy Middle Schooler class and the Emotionally Healthy Teen class. If you are a mom and you have younger kids, your Emotionally Healthy Kids class is coming in October, so don't worry, it is on its way. Um, and if you know anybody who's struggling with their middle schooler, struggling with their high schooler, Strongly recommend you send them this podcast episode and then, of course, send them to my website, www.commamacoaching.com. And mama is spelled M-A-M-A. -A, so it's C-A-L-M-M-A-M-A, coaching.com. And um, on there, you can book also a complimentary consultation on my website if you want to talk to me about your kid, figure out if the class is working for going to work for you and all of that. So it starts the week of September 19th. The, the middle school class is going to meet on Tuesdays at 10, uh, sorry, at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. And the Emotionally Healthy Teen class is going to meet on Wednesdays at 11.30. 
a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. And the cost is $3.97, and it includes the course, uh, a workbook, and also uh, six months of additional monthly support in a support group with me. It's a pretty cool, great program. Can't wait to see who's in there. There's already um, quite a few moms signed up for the middle school one, and I just am so excited about it. All right, mamas and any papas that are listening, I just hope you have a great week and hopefully you can stay calm this week as you navigate all these parenting stresses in your life. And I'm rooting for you and I'm in your corner. All right. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Bye.